Welcome back. We've been talking about financial aid and this question of financial need. Uh, the starting point for understanding how you can obtain assistance for college costs and reducing your cost is by understanding what determines financial need. How we do that? Who does that? Um, how financial need is calculated for financial aid purposes is by looking at the difference between the cost of the college and this thing we call EFC, or expected family contribution. And the expected family contribution is the number that the government determines you should be able to contribute to college based on your income and your assets. And we know this number through the process known as FAFSA, F-A-F-S-A, Free Application for Federal Student Aid. Uh, this is the starting point for all the, all the financial aid process. It's actually a website maintained by the Department of Education. You go to it, you input your income and your assets. Now, there is a couple other things above financial aid, uh, the FAFSA process that we're also going to talk about as well. And which comes into play or not depends on the college. And we're going to talk a whole lot more about this later, but there's also something called the profile, which is another application that's used in addition to the FAFSA process that's mainly used for private colleges. And we'll come back to that in, in a minute, but the starting point is to understand what financial need is. The starting point is to understand how your child will qualify. So if the cost of the college minus your expected family contribution is a positive number, you qualify for financial need. Now, a couple things as a side note that's a little bit different right now. There's actually been some changes in this area. Uh, in the past, we always uh, waited until the first of the year when taxes were done to start this process because most, because most of the information that you provided to FAFSA um, came from your tax return. Now they've made some changes that allow you to start that in October. And they actually put in a two-year look-back period associated with that. So you don't have to wait until you finish your taxes to do this. So we're coming up on October, so if I've got parents listening right now uh, that have seniors in college, you better get on this stuff. Uh, this is something that, that everybody needs to look at um, filling out and completing on uh, October the 1st. Because now you don't have to, in the past, you used to have to know the previous, uh, the, excuse me, the current year's tax numbers to complete the process. Now they go back two years. So you don't have to wait on that anymore. Um, so October 1st is that deadline. Um, now let's talk about an example. Maybe this will help you a little bit more understand this process. So the financial aid equation, financial needs equal the cost of college minus your expected family contribution. So let me provide you an example of how this might look. Uh, suppose that your child is interested in engineering and they're looking at a couple different colleges. They're looking at Auburn and MIT. Both of them have engineering schools. Of course you want them to go to Auburn. How do you decide where you want to steer them? How do you decide what you can afford? Well, this is where financial aid comes in. Um, so let me just run through this a simple example for you of how this might work out for someone. Uh, Auburn costs about $10,000 a year. Uh, MIT is about $20,000 a year, so it costs twice as much. Now, most people looking at that would think, 
well, MIT costs twice as much. I'm not sure that we can afford that. So follow along this example with me because I want to show you how this financial aid process will reduce the cost of your college. So Auburn costs five thousand, excuse me, ten thousand dollars a year, and for purposes of this example, I'm going to assume that your expected family contribution is five thousand. Um, so you went to the website, you inputted your income, your assets, the outcome was five thousand dollars, and so that is the number that the that the government considers you able, based on your situation, to contribute to your child's college, based on your income and your assets. So of the $10,000 cost of Auburn, the $10,000 of annual cost for Auburn, you should be able to contribute $5,000 to that. So your financial need is the difference between those two. It's $5,000. So $10,000 for the cost of the college, $5,000 for the expected family contribution. Your financial need is $5,000. Now in contrast, MIT costs twice as much. It is $20,000. So if you subtract your expected family contribution of $5,000, your financial need is $15,000. So it's three times the financial need associated in contrast to Auburn. Now one thing you'll notice is that the expected family contribution did not change. It's actually a, a constant number for all colleges. So the way the government looks at this is that your ability to pay for a college is the same for every college. So your financial need rises or falls based on the cost of the college. So obviously the higher the cost, the higher the financial need. Your expected family contribution does not change. So it doesn't matter whether, whether they're going to Auburn or UAB. But the financial need does rise or fall based on the cost of the colleges. Now the reason why I chose these two different colleges is because they have a very different treatment of financial need. Uh, just because you have financial need doesn't mean that you're going to receive a financial package um, for that entire need. So in this situation, I said that if you went to Auburn, if your child went to Auburn, that you would have a $5,000 financial need. Does that mean that Auburn is going to give you $5,000? It does not. If you went to MIT and you had a $15,000 financial need, does that mean that MIT is going to give you $15,000. It actually does mean that because the, there's a big difference between these universities. That's why I picked them for this example. MIT is one of the few colleges in the country that is known for providing for 100% of a child's financial need. So if your child has a financial need, demonstrates a financial need of $15,000, you would expect MIT to provide a $15,000 financial aid package. Auburn, not so much. Auburn is known to provide about 50% of financial need. So if your child was going to Auburn and you demonstrated a $5,000 financial need, you would expect Auburn to provide for about half of that, about $2,500. The other $2,500 is actually going to be your cost because that need was not met. It's unmet need. Now the point that I'm trying to make is that the actual cost of college is really what I want you to home in on. Um, what does Auburn cost? Auburn has a tuition rate of $10,000 a year. Is that actually what it costs you? Not necessarily. The true cost of Auburn is actually uh, let me give you one more formula. 
and that is the expected family contribution plus the unmet need equals the actual cost of the college. Remember, the expected family contribution was the number that the government considered you able to contribute to your child's college based on your income and your assets. So it's the starting place. It's always the cost associated with, with college. But in addition to that, in the situation with Auburn, since it only met half of your financial need, the other half you had to pay for. So the unmet need was $2,500. So we had a $5,000 financial need. Auburn met half of that. So there's a $2,500 financial aid package, and then the other $2,500 you had to pay for. So the total cost would be the sum of the two, the expected family contribution plus the unmet need. So the total in this situation would be $7,500. So even though Auburn costs $10,000, your actual cost is $7,500. Now, in contrast with, UAB, uh, with MIT, the cost of MIT is $20,000. Does that mean that is what you pay? It does not. Going back to the formula, expected family contribution plus unmet need equals the total cost of college. In this particular example, we had a $15,000 financial need, $20,000 um, for the tuition. We had a $5,000 expected family contribution. So the difference, the $15,000, was the child's financial need. Now, I mentioned that MIT was one of the few universities that actually provided 100% of a child's financial need. And in this situation, there's actually, in that situation, they would have a financial package equal to the financial need of $15,000. So there actually would not be any unmet need, as opposed to Auburn, who only provided 50%. So what is the cost of college for MIT? Well, the starting place was the expected family contribution, the number that the government considers you able to spend for your child's college. It's always the starting point. It's always at least going to be the minimum. Um, but the unmet need in the MIT example was zero. So the total cost being the sum of the two, 5000 plus zero, so the cost of MIT was $5,000. So even though the tuition cost was $20,000, the cost to the parent was actually $5,000 because MIT provided 100% of a child's financial need. So the question becomes, how can you send your child to college uh, at Auburn for $7,500 and then send your child to MIT for $5,000? How is that possible? How can you send your child to a college that costs twice as much for 50% less? And that leads me to my first point, and that is that limiting school choice does not necessarily reduce a parent's share of college cost. Limiting school choice does not necessarily reduce a parent's share of college cost. In order for you to truly understand what the college is going to cost your child, and cost you, you've actually got to go through the financial aid process and see what the net result is. And one of the things that you're going to figure out is that not all colleges are created equal. They have a lot of different resources. Um, some colleges have large endowments. 
They have um, a, a lot of different research grants going on. They have a lot more resources than others. They have a lot of alumni giving. They're very active with that. They have a lot of people that contribute money that can be used as a resource uh, for the student to go to school there. But the biggest factor involved with the different uh, financial aid situation with these different colleges is really a supply and demand. Um, and think of it this way. Um, in this city of Birmingham, if you go to Hoover, Vestavia, Mount Brook, Birmingham, all these different schools, you'll find that about 80% or more of graduating seniors will go to two, one of two schools, Alabama or Auburn. That means the rest of the students are spread out between all the other colleges in the country. So the Sanfords, the Birmingham Southerns, the Tuskegee, everything else is, is competing for the share of the 20%. So 80% of the students in this state go to one of two schools. These large public universities, uh, very visible with football teams and so forth, and when you think about that, all the states have very similar situations. Mississippi has Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Florida, FSU, Florida. Um, most states in this country have these large, very visible public universities that receive the lion's share of the students. So when you think about the supply and demand factor, if think of it this way. If you had a business that you had 25,000 customers beating down your door to get in, and you did not have to do a lot to attract them, why would you spend any marketing dollars? It's the same thing with colleges. These colleges, this is a business. So these smaller, more expensive colleges that are not quite as visible, that don't have the football teams and so forth, have to compete. And to compete, they have to provide the dollars. So a school like MIT has to provide resources that Auburn does not provide. And why should they? 20,000, 25,000 students are going to Auburn. Why would they spend money to attract more students? They have more than they can handle. But Sanford is going to have to step forward to provide some financial aid for these students to attract them. So, th so the biggest factor involved with these different choices of colleges is this supply and demand and how much they have to work to attract the student. Now that pretty much wraps us up for today. We'll pick up uh, with this next week and everybody have a good week. You've been listening to Insights with Philip Wilson, an Alabama registered investment advisor. Learn more by visiting his website at ssmistakes.com or by calling 205-868-9297.